0: well, if this ends, do I really want there to be questions and then sides and then people still. You had really analyzed Oh, this. I analyzed yeah. it. I thought I had every avenue of what would happen if or when it ended, I guess, kind of mapped out. But then when it happened, I guess it almost kind of all went away. And I was like, that was the one avenue I didn't really see. Welcome back to
1: another episode of Uncoupling, where we talk about breakups, but more importantly, moving through them with self-empowerment. This week, we have Ellie Thuman on the program. Hello. She is a model a YouTuber, and I'm going to make sure I get this right. She's a mental health advocate, but she was named Sports Illustrated's rookie for 2023 Swimsuit Edition. I think the Swimsuit Edition is like the extra fancy <laughs> the version of Sports edition. Illustrated. <laughs> And she also started a YouTube at 13 years old and now has 2 million subscribers on YouTube and continues to partner with brands and nonprofits to support emo- emotional well-being initiatives.
0: You just did that amazing. You make me sound so, so almost, special. Almost, Well, I'm like,
1: well, be initi- initiatives. Uh, so wait, you started modeling before YouTube because I thought she started on yes. YouTube.
0: Yeah. But you've so, now
1: sandwiched it.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I, I've i always kind of been around the modeling world because my mom, she was, she's from Ohio and she got scouted out of there um, to do just like modeling work throughout Arizona and kind of the west coast so it was something I always just kind of knew about it was like really in my family and then I would just do little things with her on like the news or be in the newspaper back like years ago when I was like four or five um, with her and so that was kind of like its own little thing on the side for me which was just fun but I think it definitely got me more comfortable being on camera and kind of having that interest to put myself out there and so when I was thirteen, I started filming YouTube videos, and then here well, we are. Do you remember now. your first video? It, what? Oh yes, unfortunately, I do. <laughs> it was um, ten facts about me when I was I was twelve, actually, um, March of two thousand fourteen, and it's still up. I decide I every day I go back and forth if I should private it, down. it or not. How many but. of those
1: 10 things are still the same about you? Uh, I don't think any
0: of, them. Any they of were, them. They were some of the most strange. I was just very aw- I was very strange. So when I look at it, too, they weren't even like cute little facts. It was just like, what am I what am I saying? <laughs> like one of them was like, I love throw pillows. Like
1: what? <laughs> well, not you just pack. connected with every girl in at least the southern states of the United States of America. There we go. <laughs> That's why you live in Charleston now.
0: Is, is your there love for throw pillows? Because my love for throw pillows. So you have no more
1: pillows, no more throw pillows in your bed. Not yeah. as
0: many, maybe one or two. But there was a time I was a little obsessed. I also blame my mom for that because she was very crafty, and so my channel started very like crafty and doing DIYs with her. And then as I got older, you know, started talking more about the mental health and things mm-hmm. that had always kind of. Been there, but you know, didn't really show online. So that those first ten facts had nothing to do with boys or breakups. That was not on your no, radar. Those were not. <laughs> Maybe more so now, but not not at the the age of twelve. <laughs> at the age of twelve. You never know. You'd, you'd be surprised when yeah, those first crushes is true. pop up. Yeah.
1: So how do you? How did you? I guess I'll ask. Are you in a relationship now?
0: I am. Yes, I am in a relationship. <laughs> yes. New. Um, this year, new. Yeah, it was, um, we started dating officially in February. um, And it truly did just kind of come out of nowhere after a long year of just kind of trying to force things. And was that coming off of a breakup over a year ago? It was, yes. So I have only ever been through one breakup. um, The big breakup. The big breakup. (laughs) And it was, I think the reason it also hit me so hard was, because I grew up doing the YouTube and I went to online school at such a young age, it was like my first heartbreak was almost kind of delayed. Like there's no Mm. real time for it. But I guess like my friends, my sister, people that had already gone through it, went through it when they were, you know, 15, 16, maybe 17. And I was 20 years old and it was just like a very foreign feeling to me. And I had dealt with like, you know, friendship breakups throughout my whole life and so you kind of understand how that works and kind of figure that out but this was like a whole new new understanding of like whoa this is like this is it makes you almost never want to put yourself out there again because it's such a horrible horrible feeling especially when welcome to the club yeah yeah, it's it's horrible it it was a very very new feeling to me so I think it just kind of and it was in the new year of um 2022 okay when it happened and so do you feel like you said you were homeschooled for most of your life? So I, I went to normal school, and then when I started working more foolish time where I was, it was kind of affecting my absence in the class and everything, I went to online school my sophomore year of high school. And then um, I went to school— for a year, um, I went to college for a year, but it was during like COVID and everything. And mm-hmm. so it was still like all online. So yeah. I never really had you, that. You still like,
1: were kind of homeschooling yeah, essentially Yeah, even though I was COVID. like trying
0: not to, it still just fell, the cards fell that way where I was still
1: online school. Right. Do you feel like going to online school, how did that affect meeting guys or meeting
0: potential partners? Yeah. Was that something
1: that prohibited, like you're saying, it delayed you?
0: Totally. I think I'm so mature and I've always been told that in every other aspect, I feel like, than when it came to boys and relationships like that and kind of that like emotional maturity in a relationship. Because um, I think just like pivotal years that you're around boys and, you know, you get crushes and you have all that and have first environment. date. Yeah, it's like I, I never really had that. Um, I think through high school, that's when a lot of people like really kind of lean into that. My sister being like the perfect story of one that, you know, went to high school, had the boyfriend, had the first heartbreak, then went to school, met the new boyfriend and kind of like just stuff like that. So that's kind of what I always was around. And so my experience was just so different, traveling so much and really just leaning into like my friendships. I've always been a huge Mm. friendship person, but I think I put a lot of my attachment into like girlfriends at a really young age and, and my mom and my sister from just kind of doing the online school and isolating Um, So I think it definitely made me feel very on the outside with boys and never really comfortable with that or really know how to navigate that, especially in college. Because then I kind of went there with the idea of like maybe I'll find someone here (laughs) and get the normal story that so many people around me had. Um, But then it was like same thing, right? Back into online, there was so much restriction as to what you could do, how to meet people. So it was still that same kind of cycle for me of Just I don't virtual. know if I'm ever gonna find
1: someone did you feel like you met anyone through YouTube being a face of YouTube and, mm-hmm. and amassing such a big following and yeah subscribership I some you of call that
0: some of the first guys I guess that I have maybe like hung out with were I guess in the same kind of pattern with like social media stuff they in were the also same space. YouTubers the yeah, TikTokers and I or? think I I learned after, like, the first time I kind of tried to experience that on, like, a first date, I was like, this is not for me. What happened? There's just a lot of, at least from my experience, I think guys with a following or the social media presence at the young age that I was when this was happening, at, like, 16, it's just, like, that emotional maturity and also just, like, how they kind of outwardly feel with that. It kind of adds this too layer of confidence. Attention. Too much attention. And I think that, like certain that guys turn off. can yeah. just take that attention and run with it. And I and I saw that, and I was like, I can't bring – I also worked so, – so much of my life was online. I think I learned from that. I wanted someone so far removed from mm. that space. Mm-hmm. And I still stand by that. Like, to this day, I'm like, uh, that is just something that, like, cannot work for, opposites for me. Opposites attract. Opposites <laughs> attract. Some people maybe love it because you can relate on certain things, but I just have was never – Was there any
1: example, not naming names, mm-hmm. of a guy that you just – what any sort of atrocious or grandiose gestures or or narcissistic mm-hmm. behavior that you
0: found that was just too much for you to handle hmm i do remember there was one time i was hanging out with a guy and it was early on and i remember he had me take a picture at the beach on his back and he like Facetuned himself in it, but <gasps> left me. I do not even know what that was. Like this, I was young. This was years and years ago. And after that, that's when I cut it. That was the the. You notice like you, noticed, no, you I don't I look, like, look like that in real life. This is weird. I don't like this. Why, <laughs> why are we do you doing not that? Have pores on your skin? Why is this happening? And why did you leave me completely like without it? Like that's just offensive at this point. But um, note to Facetune dudes, very, don't face t- or
1: note to social media dudes, <laughs> don't Facetune don't yourself. Be,
0: don't be doing the Facetuning. <laughs> Come
1: on. <laughs> That is funny. I don't think yeah. I've ever even heard of that.
0: Yeah, I mean it was it was so long ago, but I think it did enough um damage on my end of okay, I'm gonna not not do that. And so I I went through multiple years without any any guy experience after Guys that. Guys in the public eye are a
1: little different. I had a guy that I dated that had darker skin than I did, and he would I would always find my concealer missing, and he was—he's an actor, Mm -hmm. and I found out he was using my concealer. No, and it wasn't the correct shade. Oh no! And so he was going to auditions, and I didn't know until before he'd walk out the door, and I was like, "Wait, put this on." Oh my god! And it was like two toned. I was like, "How many reads have you been going to with my concealer on your?" I'll buy you.
0: I will get you the right match. Well, and I think.
1: (laughs) It it was more just like I noticed it was in a different bathroom Mm -hmm. and then he was like, oh, I use it sometimes for auditions. So we actually didn't discuss any of that. What I did was I went and got two shades darker and I just placed it in his drawer.
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, what a good girlfriend, though. And and
1: then we discussed it and he's like. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that's that's the shade he should be funny. wearing. <laughs>
0: there, that just shows right there. There is just certain things. It's a things difference that for guys in, on camera yeah. and guys in the public
1: eye. Thank 100%. God I don't think he was going to face tune himself. I think that's yeah. where it goes
0: too far. That yeah, That was definitely a, yeah. little, a little far, especially so, being yeah. that young. I was like, I don't even know what this – like, why is this happening? So with the, with the big breakup, how did you meet this guy? <laughs> I met this guy, ironically, through social media. But okay. it wasn't someone that was in the social – or
1: He's I guess behind the it scenes. was a –
0: what I learned after and what took the biggest part of my healing was like someone that wanted it, but Mm. was able to kind of like slowly show that throughout the span of that relationship. Um, And I was so fascinated at the beginning with the idea of having someone that wasn't in it. And so I think it was really then hard to kind of like put trust back in myself where I would start to kind of see things during it that Mm. showed that this person wanted it. When they knew it was something that I – like, that would be the first thing when someone would ask me, like, what are you looking for? It was, like, someone just doing their own thing, someone that – you know, you don't have to have it all figured out, especially at our age, but, like, someone that just has their own passions, their own things. And mine is mine. I'm very protective over it because I did this all – worked so hard from a young age where I just wanted someone that – Was proud of me for it and, you know, saw it for me and let me have my thing. And then I would be proud for them and have their thing. And Mm -hmm. there were just there was things during it that I would start to see. But I think because it was my first relationship, you know, you ignore so much of that. um, And that's what I did. And then to see those things happen and then after it was just like, whoa, this is I think that's almost worse I did decide this. It's it, the wannabe is almost worse than the one that's made it because at least with the guys that have done it, interesting, they did it successfully somehow, regardless of right of the ego that may, maybe comes with it. But the wannabe guy that does it, it c- well, can be really difficult. I think. Do you think there was a competitive nature within him
1: and a mm-hmm. comparison nature because he was the wannabe? I think so. I think
0: yeah. I think there was always looking back a layer of of wanting it and being fascinated by mm. maybe some of my opportunities or – and I, it was a private relationship, I think that's also important to know. I, I knew early on it was one that I didn't feel comfortable sharing because I was Putting on like, YouTube or I putting it on I always, Instagram. I always knew, especially through meeting him from online, I was like, there's enough interest in him maybe that if this was something online, there would be so much that would come with that. And You didn't I think, want the pressure. Yeah, I don't want the pressure because yeah. I've had the pressure with friendships online or just different things you show online that then – in the natural span of like growing up, things or friendships or situations that you know fade and you're doing your own thing. And there's so much that comes with that of like when you're already going through something, than having people come at you. And so mm-hmm. I was already looking ahead. I'm very like a pessimistic person too. So even going <laughs> into that relationship before it be- began, I was like, well, if this ends, do I really want there to be questions and then sides and then people still? You had really analyzed it. Oh, this. I analyzed yeah. it. I thought I had every avenue of what would happen if or when it ended I guess kind of mapped out but then when it happened I guess it almost kind of all went away and I was like that was the one avenue I didn't really see the one where I just got like really taking like someone that took my biggest insecurities that I would express to them and and use it against me I was like that was the one Wendy how avenue. did you do that I think just by by knowing that the social media and and having someone that cared about me for me and that mm. nothing that came with what I did Because I dealt with that so much my whole life with people maybe not having the best intention. And so I thought that a relationship, a really, like, sacred thing like that would be the one person that would just see me for me. And then Mm -hmm. you kind of see after that wasn't the case or that was the way the actions felt to me. And that's how they were, like, taken. So I think that was, like, the avenue that you didn't see. Because when you're dating someone, you're not trying to look at those kind of things. Right. And if anything,
1: you – like you said, when you do see them, you – don't want to look at them yeah you just kind of brush them off it's and called you just... cognitive dissonance is that what it's called is, there's a certain amount of months that can pass by where you'll find yourself uh rooting for the relationship to work despite wow. seeing something you don't like because you've been essentially attached at that point wow yeah
0: and i think that also adds to like i've learned a lot about through that like my attachment style and being mm. like an anxious attachment where even though i even if you know something might not be for you Attaching yourself to it because it's like it's the comfort. There's like so much, there's so much that comes with that, like the experience you've had with someone. That I think you're that even makes you brush it off even more. Those things. Did you were
1: you aware of your attachment style? Because you're anxious. There's also secure and mm-hmm. secure anxious. Was is there a fourth one? Avoidant. I
0: think. Thank you. Avoidant. avoidant. Yes, that was definitely like, I know, I one. one. <laughs> there yes. Is
1: and you can be like attached, avoidant, or in or unattached, avoidant. Right. There's yes. different. Yeah, crossovers so you can have, yeah, right? totally. So, or I guess I should say, securely avoidant or insecurely avoidant. I think, yes. it's Secured and insecure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, did you feel like you discovered your attachment style d- during the relationship, or was it recovering through the breakup that you started to, like you said, see more signs in him and then realize, oh, I must mm-hmm. be anxiously. attaching and trying to make that relationship work when it shouldn't have
0: I think about halfway through the relationship was when it started because I think the first and I still believe this to this day because so much has happened in my life that has led me to where I am now where like maybe certain things that I thought during that breakup or during that relationship have changed but one that I I stand by is like you don't really know someone for at least six months to a year Mm -hmm. like there's so much that can be hidden and kind of not brought to light or that you don't even if it is brought to light because then there's other people that say you can know so much about someone within like the first time of being with them if you're looking for the right things which i think can be true to an extent but like mm-hmm. the real compatible compatibility you part you hide for
1: so long you if you only, are trying to hide something yes, about yourself
0: 100 percent. and so i think the back six months of the of that breakup or that that relationship i think was when i started to learn like hmm this is why do I always feel like I'm needing some validation? Why am I feeling mm. like um, I, I need to always be like reminded of things and affirmed by things? And why is it not happening? And what does this mean? Am I the only person that feels this way? And would he hold back compliments
1: or words of affirmation as a result of any kind of resentment because of the the professional ambitions?
0: Yeah, I think, I think as it went on, I think it was almost the, the hard part was the beginning. There was a lot of the, the affirmations, even before I realized that I needed them, like mm-hmm. I think going into that relationship, I didn't realize I was anxiously attached because yeah. I'd never, you know, dated anyone before. Right. So it was like I was still skeptical. I still had my girlfriends that I was closer to than anyone in my family. And then I was kind of almost trained into thinking that where when you're being given these compliments and given these grandiose words and, and phrases for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. and then when they're, like, pulled from you.
1: Interesting. Almost like a love-bombing kind of situation. Yeah. And I
0: think even sometimes maybe a guy doesn't even realize they're doing it. It might not always be intentional, but I, I think that's definitely what it felt like or it was perceived to me to become then because when it's taken um, – and maybe some some guys or some people in a relationship justify it as like you know getting more comfortable right. or you're you're not needing to like woo someone over with these. But usually, when these the things, compliments
1: will die down as a result of comfort- comfortability, you also as the partner mm-hmm. feel
0: more comfortable with where them. You can, yeah, you can
1: uh, unspokenly still feel that
0: love. Yes, and, that and then it, and then it needs to translate to the actions. And right. I think the, and the you biggest didn't feel that I didn't feel that. I think the the biggest biggest more than anything takeaway that I learned was even those words that I thought were filling me up. The first six months, I think when I really reflected, the actions were always pretty much the same, but at least at the beginning, the words were there. That mm-hmm. kind of masked over it. And then when the words were gone, and then the actions the were just not, not made. then it was just like, whoa, there's not even words that are hiding what's really going on here. Right. Um, so I think that was my biggest takeaway was like, even though I am anxiously attached, I got to also take words not with a grain of salt, but with a little bit more protectiveness to myself. Guard. Yeah. Well,
1: I think you have to earn each other's affection. Yes. And that's an organic process. So that's why I think people call it love bombing is Mm -hmm. they haven't, uh, I would say, attached to that person on an emotional level to give really intimate compliments. Yes. When you don't know someone enough to give – that kind of intimacy to someone yet. 100%. And I
0: yeah. think I also learned that like I'm very emotionally in depth where you you need to – someone that is emotionally in depth, de- like I, I think definitely needs to be with someone that can see that in them and honor mm. that even if they have a little bit more time it takes to get to that place or need someone to teach them or talk to them about it. But like they have to be able to, to give you that and understand that about you and understand maybe why – those anxious things come out or why right. you're always maybe overthinking or you have these really deep thoughts that, that come out. Um, and I've definitely learned that about myself and have had to honor it instead of trying to run from it. Cause I think then I became almost like mad at myself for feeling that way and mm-hmm. thought that I was just kind of like isolated in, in my own way for thinking that way. Mm. Um, but then I kind of learned after, no, I needed to like honor myself and that's how I am. And there's someone that will, you know, validate that instead of making me feel Um, really more anxious about it, it. right? Is that what spawned the breakup? How did the breakup start? The breakup was, I think, a slow thing. I think that's how a lot of relationships are, where there's that point where you just like the the minute you question. I feel like, ooh, maybe this is like not working because I think what happened was I. It was a long distance relationship. I think that also is important to add. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of giving and a lot of forcing. And it was never something that needed to happen. Like I, I never, this person never like made me feel pressured that I had to go see them or I had to do this. But I think I'm such a, like I want to make something work, you and were I were putting the pressure on yourself. I, yeah, yeah, I was putting pressure yeah. on myself, and when that couldn't be matched, or when I'd be told like, "I'll come see you next," or "I'll be able to do this for you," and meet you here, or go to Thanksgiving with you, if you cut like, it, then those things don't happen. Then it became mm. really exhausting. Absolutely, going I, yeah. out of my way, and it was like. But I'm showing my heart the way I want to and coming to you. and I'm 50% there, whereas you're yeah, 50%. Yeah, just like, just meet me somewhere in the middle and then everything will be great. And so when I started to finally vocalize the things I needed, I think the fear t- took over and it became overwhelming. And it was kind of like like we knew it was slowly starting to end when things just weren't aligning. Maybe things that we used to – trips or situations that we used to enjoy together just became almost like – just not or there'd be more fighting and i i learned a lot about like drinking with that and how that would kind of escalate mm-hmm. my emotions because i i was good at suppressing them until like a trigger would happen especially in a drinking situation and everything would come out and i thought we were at a better place after i was really challenging him to get emotionally deep with me because i was mm-hmm. like maybe that's what we need here to really you're like, trying need to understand every avenue i really was were, yeah. and my whole family saw it my friends saw it like i was pouring pouring and no one can tell you that you had to break they can give you advice but like it comes down to you they felt it. To they do it. it they saw it they saw it much in advance did they see it where they were quietly supporting mm-hmm. you trying not to tell you what to do i but... think around month like halfway through like month six or seven when when valid issues that I would go to my mom with or my sister and just be like hey like it's all new to me, but why is this happening? Or why am I feeling a constant layer of disappointment? That's mm-hmm. not fun for this person to be feeling that they're disappointing me, but why are they doing it if they're in charge of what they're promising me and then not doing it? Like, why did, Why is this happening? Um, and why are my boundaries being broken in and, and situations with other girls or just whatever it was? There was right. just no boundary. Like, my boundaries weren't being understood that then made me mad at myself. And then I took it all on myself. And so What after, advice did they give? When they when they, would do that. they would just what would they give to me because it's it's funny because it like takes me back because I, I felt it for so long and then you when you finally feel healed it's crazy how like you have to really you can think all back see it in retrospect that. yeah 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 um my mom would tell me like look you know enough about this person now where they're not changing you have to either accept them for how mm. they work mm-hmm. and trust that they're giving you what they can and and if that's not enough for you that's okay it doesn't make them a bad person. But you have to honor you and that you have such a busy life and you're so incredible that, like, you deserve someone that knows that every single day and reminds you of that and has the actions that back it. Um, Great advice that it doesn't cause extra mental work for you to be in the relationship after a a long day of already working. It was was exhausting. It 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 felt like a full time job, but I did it to myself. It should be easy and make you, and it should be the part that feels so easy and just makes everything feel worth you. it. Yeah. yeah. 100% yeah. recharges Calm. you, but it was exhausting. And so I felt like I finally broke through to this person at the at the end of the year we were trying to plan like one year stuff. We were trying to plan fun stuff for the new year. I I knew when I felt that he also wasn't really appreciating my trips or wasn't really inviting me to things or making me feel wanted. I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this is a little weird." We ended up having a really really bad new year um ended with me like alone in, like, a bar crying. It's just very like,
1: strange that New Year can... Br- New Year's, I I was broken up with
0: after, right after a New Year's. Really? And so, New Year there's something about New Year's. I don't know what... I think there's, like, pressure that it's supposed to be romantic and fun. And then when Absolutely. it's not, you're just like, damn. And I'm also, like, a hopeless romantic with that stuff where I read the books mm. and watch the movies where it's, like, it was my first year with, like, a boyfriend for New Year's. There was and a then lot I'm like, why am I your crying here in a bathroom? And I remember... Did he break up with you on New Year's? So... What happened was I basically initiated a breakup uh-huh. in November of that year, before all of that, yep. Um, after I had just had enough of the promises that weren't happening. And I didn't like feeling that he felt – because I think some guys, too, it's like when you're coming at them, the most frustrating thing is I'm – then when they're like – their defense is like, I'm just not enough. I can't give you what you need. Like – this makes me just mad at myself, but it's like, then don't do it. Like, if you want to be if you want to be enough for me, then just right. like, do it. I'm giving you the peace. At least I'm telling you he how to do it. He had a lot it. of internal
1: conflicts with himself so of much. knowing he wasn't showing up, but then mad at himself he yeah. wasn't showing up. and then
0: reflecting that onto me where then you want to nurture them and be like, no, but it's okay. But it's like, but it's right. not okay. But ultimately there's just – and it's okay if there's an
1: emotional lag of yeah. – of, of, I would call it maturity mm-hmm. uh, because he's just not enough of a whole person – And his own thinking.
0: I think, yeah, I think things also can stunt someone on how deep they're allowed to get. And I think there was maybe a lot that stunted some of that emotional connection. And so I, I try to break up um he comes i never back said the, the words but i i I, <laughs> I remember i didn't even know what it meant to break up or how to do it but it was like an unspoken taking me to the airport we both kind of knew i wasn't happy i'd been crying the whole trip and then to go back to the long distance and then I, yeah so i think I, I tried to say bye and like do it at the airport but then it was like this is horrible like i'm saying bye now and it's and you didn't like, finish the breakup you yeah didn't, it you it tried just, to but didn't try and but i was like and then we're texting in the airport and then my anxious attachment comes in and then it's like the the like reality of it floods away. And you're like, but this person and I love them and they're so comforting to me. And then it was like, no, I don't want this. And I think that that moment gave him to me the power, like how it felt was the power of like, whoa, like I still want to be, like I tried the breakup, but it didn't work. So and that, I wanted to be that with him.
1: wrongfully told you at the time you thought it meant that it was a good thing that, oh, mm-hmm. I do want to be with him.
0: Yes. Right. And, and I that think, can be really
1: confusing. Yeah. It can be so, and I don't think I hate to break to people. I don't know if that gets easier with age. Yeah, that, that it's good that you experienced it young, at a younger mm-hmm. age, to feel that push and pull of the, conf, the, the the false start. Yes, and then saying, "Oh, I must want to be with him." Then, yeah.
0: dot that, dot dot, and then it became almost like then I was all in almost over again and mm. it was like well that feeling of almost losing you made me maybe go back in right. but his actions still were pulling pulling away going out later being with the wrong people Did or that just hurt breaking you the boundaries more? it was the worst month of my life that november was mm-hmm. so horrible because my sister was going through a real breakup, so I'm seeing what it means to go through a breakup, and what I'm you mean watching a real breakup. Like mine wasn't like I guess <laughs> it was the we, false we start had a, breakup. Yeah, the false breakup. Right, right, Hers was like, oh, they're done, and I'm seeing how horrible she felt, and I was like, I don't think I'm strong oh, enough to no. do this. I was going to say it was
1: that modeling. Oh my a god, a good modeling, but it was a bad. It was modeling a horrible modeling. I was like, <laughs> I can't
0: do this. This is horrible. I just want to be good with this person, and so. I went through the rest of that year, you know, just that oh. fake positivity of, you know what? I'm going to let them show up as they are. I'm not going to ask for anything. I'm not going to have my boundaries met. I'm just going to let them be. did you be. still feel empty as a result still of that? Still felt empty, but it was like an internal empty. And so after that new year, we had a really long talk on January 1st. And I was like, look, at this point... That was a horrible New Year's. Neither of us wanted to start it that way. I have so many goals for this year and I want you to be a part of them, but like we need to break this down. And I thought I got through. It was probably the best talk mm-hmm. in my eyes that we had the whole relationship. It was like a four-hour talk of just like... What made
1: you finally get up the courage? And I don't say that finally in a bad way. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's that takes a lot to do that.
0: Yeah. I think knowing... I think I've always put pressure on like a January 1st, like new year, let's figure it out. I think it was such a horrible way to start the year that I like, like my mom, who's very solution. based Or the best way to start the year, or the best way—that's true too. <laughs> I think that solution-based part in me was just like, "We're gonna figure it out right now. We're in person together here." I got you break st- it down. Yeah, we're just gonna break it down and see what's going on, and it and it really felt like, oh, he heard me. Like, here we go. Like, this is good. He had just graduated college. The mm-hmm. promise was now it can begin. Now I can put my best foot forward because that's all the excuses. Is what he was saying. Yeah, all the okay. excuses are done. Just graduated in the winter. Here we go. It's it's go time. And I go home from back to Arizona for from New Year's. Um, I'm in my room the next day, get super sick. I end up having COVID. And oh. I'm stuck in my room. It was like day two. So it's like that ass feeling where you just yeah. feel like absolute like shit. And... I remember I had a lot of time to be on my phone during this, and I had never really gone on his social media too hard because I trusted him. I didn't feel mm. insecure like that to do that. I never let myself do it, and I found stuff that really hurt my feelings or was just enough to bring up to him, like just breaking hey. your boundaries. Yeah, breaking the boundaries, like was it whether comments it was under certain pictures? liking stuff, liking um, stuff, and just liking. And I think also being a public person, I was like, you doing this means people are going to say like you know ellie's boyfriend is doing this or Mm. adding it's such i think also the other issue was the issues we were having felt so immature and i was ready for a mature relationship like Mm -hmm. the fact that social media was the issue of this or adding people on on snapchat was the other thing that i found out felt so beyond my years of like this should not be why we're breaking up right now or why Mm -hmm. we're having issues and so i brought it up to him and i basically I, i gave it all on him and was like this isn't okay. I'm Mm -hmm. not okay with this. I need to sleep on it. And I thought I had the power in this situation. And I woke up the next morning to a FaceTime call as I'm in bed with COVID planning Mm. the next week to go to Hawaii for my dad's like dream trip as a family. It was a huge deal. We were all going Mm -hmm. together. I wake up, get the call. I answer. He's crying on the phone, breaks up with me in 15 minutes. It was a, you know, you're right. I'm just not ready for this. I can't live up to everything.
1: Basically well, it's putting it. He was aware
0: of it. <laughs> he was aware of it. But the, yeah. the frustrating most frustrating part was why couldn't you have said this in person to me? Why are you doing mm. it in 15 minutes when I can't On even the, go with COVID? With COVID. Can't hug my sister, can't hug my mom. You know how anxious I am. Mm. You know I'm surrounded in my room with mm. stuff from you. I'm sitting sitting here stuck. And it was almost the most frustrating thing because it was like I wanted him to be enough. And I wanted him to be able to give me right. the bit I, I didn't feel in my heart that I was asking for these crazy things. So it was really hard to grasp why that was happening. So but
1: also to the to the, in retrospect, which you've had so much time to think of, the idea that he would put you in that position with COVID, mm-hmm. where you're not able to help your mom was stepping outside of the situation to say, yeah. Oh, well, the writing's on the wall. Yes. If that's the kind of If decision this person he to it.
0: knew that is very true. And that's that's what my mom said, because she's like, if this person loved you and knew you and knows how you work like we yeah. all do. Then that's your answer right there. That's how. If that's how they're going to do this to you after everything you poured in to their family, their friends, them for for a year, and how amazing and loving you were. If that's how they're going to wrap this up for you, then that then that's. Did you process that when your mom told you that? I did. I did Everything would make sense when you talk through a breakup with a mom, a sister, friends, it, everything's making sense. You're getting riled up. You understand it. You get mad. You're then like, you yeah. go to bed at night then and then the you go feelings to bed. come back and then, in. And then you're just sad. And then you you have, I think the biggest issue in nowadays too is having social media with a breakup. And especially mm-hmm. a self-sabotager like myself, almost it became a habit for a long time after the breakup to sabotage and find things to hurt my feelings. And I think it happened because he wanted to be painted as this like, almost like hero that like broke up for my betterment. And that was how it was kind of worded to me and then to the family Mm. that he tried to do on his end. And I would respect that had the actions followed what someone that had my best interests do. The actions were everything that made me anxious. The the following girls, following girls from my state, following girls from my modeling agency, um, posting Too close for comfort. Too close for comfort. It seemed to be intentional. So intentional. The True Colors came out literally within 48 hours after that phone call breakup um Posting like that fake, help brand you fake brand deals, <laughs> fake brand deals, what fake brand deals? Yeah, there was, there was a lot oh. of questionable stuff that was happening. Morally, yeah, just like what is like like fake like brands that would like bankrupt. send him a T-shirt and it was like use my code and it was just like what? Like this is my livelihood. How could you mock this? And people I thought were oh. my friends and his family that I I loved commenting like yeah the influencer lifestyle just mocking me and I was like why am I the bad guy in this story like I did do anything initially it's gonna hurt and that's gonna be a
1: punch but did you yes. rise at like I made this this was the best thing that could have ever happened it to was me. how long was
0: that I ball think to turn the the big moment because there was a lot of self-sabotage and a lot of hurt that happened for months and then I got the reach out and then I got the other the next reach out and then the like little check-ins yeah and I never responded trying I, to get back together The the, What I said when I was seeing these hurtful things probably the first two months where it really stung, I would be so angry and want to send something or do something, but I kept it offline. I never talked bad. I never did anything to draw negativity his way, never called him out for these things. To play into the very thing that you didn't like him doing. I I, The only thing that brought me peace, and I would say it every night, I would say his punishment is my silence forever. You will never, ever speak to me again. And I've stood by that and i stand by it. It's
1: not even as punishment, it's it's honoring your boundary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it and it's it what brought me peace. And it's like if that's if that's what's going to make me feel peace knowing that like my presence is important and it felt like it wasn't important to you, it mm-hmm. wasn't important enough to break up with me properly or fight for me. I just wanted someone that would fight for me. I think my my presence is so much more worth that. And so now the treatment isn't even my anger and my emotions, it's just silence. <laughs> it's a protection.
1: Rightfully so. Do you feel like you had was obviously your mom played a huge part in that. Yes. Was your sister your friends that oh my also? Gosh.
0: My sister played, if not equally or more, a part because she was with me on the day in and day out. The number and, one cheerleader. And on doing the, the revenge tactics with me. And, and uh. going, Ellie, you don't need to do this. Or like the, just all of that. To step she, back from the revenge tactics. Because yes, I tried it and it didn't make me feel good. I, I thought that going out and drinking and meeting new people, none of it made me feel good. And I think that the biggest moment for me, um I think I had a lot of moments. There'd be moments at maybe month six of like, you know, this was for the better. or or month 8 like yeah i'm feeling good i understand why this happened i don't regret that this happened i wish it happened differently but i'm i'm glad it happened but mm-hmm. i think the moment that it all came together was honestly the beginning of this year and that's what's so crazy when i met my now relationship because i really think i needed to fully feel that just like wow this truly happened for me and not to me mm-hmm. and i and i and i genuinely felt it cuz i told myself that all year but you would still have those moments but the moment i didn't even there was no question asked in my head Um, and then I actually I ran into this person in in person so that's the other funny thing being with someone that was so so far from me I'm talking the most random city like that you could imagine to Uh, making it out of sight out of mind an easy thing that was the most easy thing for me because I was like I'll never see him again I'm good and then I ran into him in my hometown which I was like why are you here but that, that was a whole other thing but seeing that and having not even like there was no feeling um, beginning of this year of like, wow, I miss you or wow, I want to say hi to you. It was more just like, whoa.
1: You just okay. saw the strangest of why are you in my city? Yeah, it was just like was just a stranger. it was disconnected from the emotion of the relationship. Yeah,
0: it was the craziest thing. And that showed right there, like someone that still means something to me, I will feel something like if I'm just feeling numb, like we're, we're good here. And then right after that, I, I, I was hanging out actually with my now boyfriend and he brought me so much peace after I told him. He took it well. He's let me learn a lot. Because there's still a lot that, you know, you can act all 100% understood with something. But I think until you're in the next relationship, sometimes even more triggers or things that you have to work through come up. See things play Mm out. And you have to be with someone that's okay with that and can talk you through it to a degree and validate why you feel that way. And I've definitely Mm -hmm. gotten that. And it's, like, now looking two years past that, like, what felt like teenage first love heartbreak, I'm, like, I feel so much more clear-headed and I don't have the anger. I don't have anything. It's like, I I did the forgiving. I'm like, I forgive you. I'm actually grateful you did it. You're stronger coming out of it. So much That's the best part about a breakup. Yeah. And now it's like, if you can get through that, then it makes me feel like I can get through anything because it it felt in the moment like it was the hardest thing that could happen. So I feel.
1: So what would you say the biggest thing you learned out of the relationship?
0: I think I learned, um, I learned how, I work in a relationship. I Mm -hmm. learned that I will go to any end to make something work and that I'm very, very loyal to a fault where even sometimes you shouldn't be. Yeah,
1: it's hard to say goodbye. It's so difficult. And knowing when you've tried enough is a really hard point to pinpoint.
0: Yeah, because when you're someone like me who there never feels like an enough point with anything with my career with Mm. when growing up with sports it was like I was always always doing the absolute most and so seeing that then happen in a relationship where I think I just learned to appreciate that I was the good I I a lot of special moments that I would talk about in that relationship became were moments from me or that I created or I planned or I did and realized it it was you it wasn't yeah and it made me like have this weird thing of like falling in love with like myself in a yeah. relationship because I never that had a reason to do that and yeah. so I think I learned that and to also the big lesson of like nothing bad that happens is happening to me it is happening for me and it might take a year to figure that out it might take even longer than that but I have to live that way because it gives me so much peace even with minor things that happen throughout you know the year that don't you have to do with breakups but like just anything that happens it's like it's there's some reason it's happening. It's happening Did for you me. come
1: into a mental health advocacy space from that relationship or was it something that you had built prior to the relationship
0: mm-hmm. that
1: strengthened after this relationship?
0: I think I always talked about anxiety and that kind of aspect of mental health before the relationship. And then I think after having to figure out, okay, I have this platform, you know, I show my life daily, if not weekly on YouTube and mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um... I can't even get out of bed. How am I supposed to do my job? I had work waiting for me. It's the new year. You have stuff lined right. up, exciting things. So anxiety, and in, right after that breakup in oh January, was what was it keeping was you in bed? It was the worst, most crippling. It, I thought I I had experienced the crippling anxiety, but that took it to a whole other level. Was it, it crying, was, depression naps? Like, de- how did it come depression out Depression naps, um, needing, like, I couldn't be alone. I just was, I couldn't eat. That was my biggest thing. Like, mm. I, I just couldn't and it was it was heartbreaking for my family because then I had to go on that Hawaii trip and that whole time was the most heartbreaking thing and I just remember like I'm not very good at the emotion thing in front of my family or in front of people like maybe a couple people like individually I can finally like cry to or let known but like being in front of my family and crying in my dad's arms and just being like why do I like why is this happening to me in a weird way that brought your family closer oh it did and they'll we'll always remember that um, that trip and how they had to literally pick me up out of bed every day. Like it was, it was so crippling. So in a weird way, maybe the the vacation is exactly what you needed. Yeah. I, I actually made a series, um, about it when I was in Hawaii and it was, it was called Healing in Hawaii. And I filmed, I actually ended up extending my trip, um, for like three, four weeks past Mm -hmm. that. And I stayed there and I, one of my best friends, she lived on another Island. And so I flew over to her. I got an Airbnb close by and it was, one of the best months for me because i i took a break from a lot of work but i i filmed myself just journaling and i walked about 10 miles a day because mm. i'm a very big pacer when i'm anxious i'm always pacing always eating and walking in circles in my kitchen and that took it to a whole other degree just being on this beautiful island and being able to just walk and walk and in circles and explore the beach and these beautiful areas and i i bought a pair of headphones that i called my therapy headphones Aww. and i had a whole new love and meaning for Taylor Swift that like, <laughs> got me through the breakup, like hands down. And um, I would just walk and journal and I figured out so much about myself and I was able to bring that online. And to this day, I still get DMs all the time or messages about how those videos, they, they go back to that and it helps them. That's a
1: huge mental advocacy push yeah. into like an anxiety handbook essentially. Yeah. And I never even realized when yeah. I was in
0: it that it was doing that because for me, it was just like, it was the only thing. It's like I had to – I wanted to produce something and continue with my job. That was the only thing I could because anytime i turn on the camera, I would cry. So I was like, you know what? We're either going to lean into this and make this a learning thing that I'll look back at and be so grateful for. And the right person will sit there with me and watch this and understand even more about me through this, which I've gotten, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, in the moment, it's, it's all I could do, and it's been the biggest blessing. And that's where I'm so grateful I had that, and it will always be there. And – yeah. Have you and your boyfriend
1: sat down with your anxiety? Oh, I call it the anxiety oh, yeah. handbook, but we, <laughs> Healing in Hawaii is a oh, much yeah. better title. That was
0: probably like yeah. week three of hanging out. I was like, wow. we got to we gotta see this because this is a big part of me and my career. And I want first you to see said this. the first about it? I remember he, it, it made him really sad to see me cry like that. Um, mm-hmm. I remember on our first date, he ironically played my biggest breakup song without realizing it. He, he put on Taylor Swift and I was like, whoa, this you is crazy. You just foreshadowed it our next segment, which
1: would be the lightning <laughs> round where I ask you a breakup song. Oh, we So we'll there keep we that go. for a surprise. <laughs> wow. So so that's a lovely bonding experience. Yes. Which ironically, your previous
0: breakup led you to. Yeah. And that's where there's no ill will now because I wouldn't. I wouldn't be with the person I'm with now had that not happened. So I'm actually very grateful for that person, and I just hope that they've been able to grow and become a better man for whoever they they end up with. That's all you can you can hope for from these guys that have a lot yeah. to learn.
1: I mean, you're the you're a great example of what breakups can lead to.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah, and it feels good to be on the other side of it because you hear it during it, and I'm so skeptical where it was like, no, this is gonna stick with me forever. But then it's like you get through it and you feel family really vacation,
1: some it. therapy headphones, ten miles walking, a yeah. lot of journaling, a lot of journaling, a
0: lot of healing, and leaning being, into
1: the anxiety. Yes,
0: and sometimes it's all you can do. Lean into it before you can you can go to the next Move on. phase. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your yeah, story. Yeah, thank
0: you for being That's, able – it's honestly good for me this time <laughs> two years later to be able to go back and really –
1: Have gratitude yeah, about yeah. why you are why you are where you are now yeah. is because of a breakup. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's why we do this podcast. I love it. It's an uncoupling. <laughs>
0: I love it so yeah. much.
1: <laughs> so our next segment is going to be a lightning round. Okay. One word answers, one sentence answers, whatever comes to okay. you first, Wh- which we kind of already
0: know. Mm-hmm. When was your first breakup? First breakup was – Twenty twenty two. <laughs> <22. laughs> were you? I was twenty years old. Twenty years old. Who was your first crush? Ooh, my first crush, um, Nick Robinson. Nick Robinson. Yeah, is that an he, actor? He was an actor, and he was yeah. in a lot of like movies Great that actor. I loved. Yeah, an amazing I, actor. I just, yeah, like yeah, I loved him. Yeah.
1: What is your model relationship? Somebody that you really admire in your life? A couple you really admire?
0: I would say my mom and dad. They're still together. Yeah, my mom yeah. and dad. And then what is your go-to breakup movie? Go-to breakup movie? It can be the Eras Tour, but it doesn't have Ooh, to be. <laughs> I'm like, now it would be that. I would say there's the movie Someone Great, I think. Is that what the name of it is on one. Netflix? That one really Someone helped Great. me. Someone Great. Okay. Someone Great or How to Be Single was a fun one.
1: Uh, what is your breakup song? We can Ooh, now debut it.
0: We got All Too Well, 10-Minute Version, and... <laughs> better man Taylor Swift <laughs> 10 minute version of all too well it has to be the 10 minute version 10 minute version
1: I, I am not a Swifty but my two best friends are okay. so it's an interesting dynamic I, yeah, yeah yeah, that would be an interesting that dynamic a very interesting dynamic uh,
0: the first thing you do after a breakup cry and then just talk about it non-stop to a couple of close people in my life to really understand all avenues session. to it good venting session and then what is your breakup food or stress food soup <laughs> lovely way that's a lovely sometimes t- it can be difficult with anxiety to to eat you know these these meals and all of that so i think soup was just a way it was Soup's comforting hug. It, it soup is a hug yeah. it's a breakup hug yes that's a great answer
1: <laughs> and then what is the number one red flag in a relationship or a potential relationship
0: words being louder than action mm-hmm. and emotional immaturity
1: mm.
0: and then what is your number one green flag in a relationship or potential relationship mm. Emotional maturity mm-hmm. um, and being a man of his actions. Mm-hmm. And then what is a fun quirk of yours that your partner loves about you? I think that, like, I'm really bad – besides Taylor Swift being the biggest Swifty, I have really weird music tastes where, like, I always will just <laughs> not understand a moment and put on something so just, like, random or – or cringy and they've learned to love that and accept Aww. that about me <laughs> what's the last cringy song you listened to that oh you God. just love on my birthday I had a playlist on and it was like the Madagascar it, it wasn't the time for that that's why it was weird normally it'd be Aww. fun but it was like that song and it was just like what are you doing
1: <laughs> the, y'all's generation of is <laughs> are like let like the lion's king it's the best like that those are the lyrics to me I don't know it doesn't get old yeah yeah well thank you so much last thing we'll ask you is is your words of wisdom, what, if you have an elevator pitch or guidance of someone going through a breakup, what would you tell them? I
0: would your say time truly heals all because there's times where that's the only solution. You can help yourself, but at the same time, you got to let time go on and you got to be putting in the action to mm-hmm. like allow that time to go on. Um, and that revenge isn't the answer because the only person that's doing anything to and affecting is yourself. They don't necessarily care what you're doing you're drinking care. poison it, yeah it's not going to do anything but just you know traject you backwards in mm. terms of growing like kind of just doing your thing and the big word that i i stood by was it's not happening um to me it's happening for me it's happening for you
1: well thank you ellie yes, i appreciate you coming course. on thank you for having me i think me. everyone's gonna learn a lot from healing in hawaii on healing youtube in Hawaii. yes healing in hawaii <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Uncoupling and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to become part of our exclusive Patreon community. We'll see you next time. Uncoupling Podcast is produced by Stampede Ventures, Jason R. Ellis, and Holland Roden.